tonight, we want a word from you, Lord. We need a word, God. Father, it's not necessarily the sermon, but it's a word that's in the sermon that comes from you, God, that would change our life forever, Father. Lord God, tonight we revere you. Lord, we honor you as the song was sung. We do need you today, Lord, more than ever before. And Father, for whatever is on the mind of your people that is competing with your presence, whatever trouble, whatever problem, whatever situation that has arisen this week or this last hours before the service, God, I pray today, Lord, that it would become insignificant in your presence and that your spirit, O oh God, would have freedom and liberty in this room. And that's our heart's cry, God. That's our desire. We give you thanks, Lord, and praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Welcome, everybody. Thank you, Tracy and the worship team. You guys are very, very much a big blessing to us, and we thank you so much for what you're doing. Hey, Sunday's going to be Missions Sunday, and what we're doing once a month is the first Sunday of the month where we're emphasizing some of the missions, outreaches that we're doing. You'll hear a little bit about it on Sunday. But those little kingdom builder boxes, we're hoping that you'll all take one home and that you know you begin putting your change in it and your extra spare dollar bills and things and bring that on that Sunday. It's a way of just honoring and celebrating missions and all of that monies go towards the various outreaches. And we'll share a couple of things. I got a report from the, uh, from the ground in Uganda here this week that's going to just be encouraging to all of us. When you hear it, you're going to go like, wow unbelievable what they've done with just a little bit of resources and we're able to bless them and we're able to feed a number of orphanages every month and we'll tell you a little bit about that so you know exactly where your money is going but uh, don't forget mission sunday this sunday somebody asked me if there's any developments on the on the location site and there has been no new developments so i'll keep you posted as i hear it and uh, you know we're getting moving closer because before they wouldn't even talk to us now they're talking to us before, they didn't want us in their building. Now, they want us in their building. And, but there's not enough parking, so they have to deal with the parking issues. So, you know, we're moving closer. So it's really a good thing. It's not like, you know, God has it under control, so it'll be fine. But I'll keep you posted. Let's get the word out tonight. Let's go to Revelation chapter 4 and verse 5. We're talking about the spirits of God. We've been ministering on the seven spirits of God. Last week, I think it was the spirit of understanding, I think, is what we talked about. Tonight, we're going to deal with the spirit of counsel. Spirit of counsel. And uh, we read about the, the throne room of God in Revelation chapter 4 and 5. And don't worry about that one because I didn't give it to you. If you're looking for it, Jordan, and he doesn't have it on the slides because I didn't write it down for him. So um, he is my right-hand man when it comes to all the scriptures and slides. But verse 5 reads this, And from the throne proceeded lightnings, thunderings, and voices. Seven lamps of fire were burning before the throne which are the seven spirits of God. And then Isaiah chapter 11 and verse 2, a companion verse. The spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him, the spirit of wisdom and understanding, a spirit of counsel and might, the spirit of knowledge and of the fear of the Lord. And we've been talking about this for the last couple of weeks. And we said that everything that's in Jesus can be in you and me because in Ephesians chapter 4 it says that until we all come into the fullness of Christ the full measure of Jesus Christ 
That we come into that completed state. And that's really what the gifts of the apostle, prophet, pastors, teachers, evangelists are all about. It's to bring the people into the fullness of Christ's expression on the earth. So you and I can fully uh, expect, operate in these anointings, if you will, or in this spirit of understanding or the spirit of counsel. And so we want to look at this tonight and get a good understanding of what it's all about. And we begin in John 16 and 13. Jesus was teaching his disciples and he said, However, when he, the spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all truth. For he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak. And he will tell you things to come. You know, that's good counsel when the Holy Spirit can be that intimate with you that you can know things that are coming. He can tell you about things that are on the horizon. He can counsel you about things that will be coming up and, you know, won't catch us off guard. I believe God's people ought to be people who are confident about their tomorrow, knowing that we have a shepherd who's already been there in that tomorrow. And he's prepared the way for you and I, just like a real shepherd does for his sheep. He knows the next pasture land. He's already been there. He knows the way. He knows how to protect us. And he knows how to keep us. And the Holy Spirit has been given to you and me for the purposes of bringing us in to God's revealing purpose and destiny on the earth. Proverbs, our Psalm 107, verse 7 says, He led them by the right way. See, I believe that there is a right way for you and me. But that means it must be a wrong way if there's a right way. And I don't want to get into the wrong way. How about you? Maybe you've been there before and you know that when you go down the wrong way, it takes time to go back to get on the right way. But listen what Ezra did. Ezra in chapter 8 and verse 21. He said, Then I proclaimed a fast there at the river Ahava, that we might humble ourselves before our God, to seek from Him the right way for us, our little ones, and our possessions. You know, there's a right way for your money. There's a right way for your children. There's a right way for you as a mom or as a dad, as a grandparent, as a single. You know, that, that Ezra understood that, you know, we just don't let this happen automatically. We need to seek the right way. It's the counsel of God. God, we need your anointing to show us which way we ought to go, how we ought to apply our money, how we ought to raise our children, how we ought to answer their requests, how we discipline them. What about our marriage? Everything is subject to the counsel of our God. See, too often we hastily pursue the direction that we think is right. I like the definition of the word counsel. It means this, the act of exchanging opinions or ideas. So if you're going to get God's counsel, you're taking time to say, God, what do you think? Isn't, don't you think that's a good way of doing it? Saying, God, you know what? This is what I'm thinking, but I like to know what you're thinking. And that's really what it is. It's an exchange of ideas or it's an exchange of opinions about the matter or ideas. And sometimes God's opinion about what we have already formed an opinion is not the same. He doesn't share in the same viewpoint that we might have. So if we go ahead and take that viewpoint and don't take the time to get his counsel or get his opinion on the matter, we're on the wrong way. And once we get on the wrong way, we are now separating ourselves from the very will of God, which means we're going to have to make up for time. And the older you get, the realize how you re- begin to realize how, how de- detrimental this can be. Because the older you get, the less time you have to retrace your steps. 
And I don't have time to go backwards and start things all over again. How about you? Some of us have had church experiences where we're saying, you know what, I'm not going back there again. I'm not going to go get involved in that nonsense and that mess again. I want to make sure I stay on the right way. Well, how do you do that? The spirit of counsel. It is the spirit of counsel that can give you the way, not only for your own life, but your children and your possessions. And Ezra understood that. And he said, I'm going to seek God over this. Would to God that this generation would get on their face, seek the Lord and say, God, is this the right way? Listen to what Proverbs 21 and verse 2 says. Every way of a man is right in his own eyes, but the Lord weighs the hearts. You know, we really think that this is the right way to go. But the Lord's saying, you know what? I want to look at your heart. I want to make sure your heart is lined up with my heart. Because if it is, you're on the right way. So we could deceive ourselves thinking that because we feel it's right, that it is. But we've always got to measure ourselves against the opinions of God or against His uh, word. Look at what it says in Proverbs 14 and verse 12. There's a way that seems right to a man. But what is the end of it? It's, it's death. It's destruction. The end of it is, is, is ruin. The end of it is problems. And so we think it's the right way. I was recently talking to someone this, this past week who, who, who believed that for many, many years he was doing the right thing. And I try to acknowledge, I try to acknowledge the fact that he was doing the wrong thing. I try to be gentle with him. I try to give him the guidance, but he didn't want to hear about it. He didn't want to talk to me about it. And he didn't really care about what other people thought. I was just giving him my opinion. I thought my opinion represented God's opinion. He rejected it. Now, many years later, he's come back and he's, you know, it really takes a big man to be able to do this. But he came back and he said, you know what? You were right. All those years ago, you were right. I wish I would have listened to your counsel. Not that I'm always right as a pastor because I'm not. But I'm saying you can know that God's counsel is available to you. If you'll take the time to seek him. Notice what Ezra had to do. Ezra said, I proclaimed a fast. I proclaimed a prayer time to say, God, is this the way? Is this what you want for my life? Church, we ought to make a habit of having fasting and praying times to be able to say, God, is this what you want for me? Or is this just something I'm conjuring up? And if I believe that it's the right thing for me, I want your way in my life. And when you receive God's counsel, your destiny is going to be secured. Your destiny is going to be assured. Hallelujah. So let's talk about it for a couple of minutes. Psalm 37 in verse 23. The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord and he delights in his way. Have you ever been to a restaurant and you've opened up a menu? And uh, I think it's Cheesecake Factory. It's got one of the most extensive menus I've ever seen. You get in there and they've got beautiful, you know, ads and advertisements of different companies and cars and clothes. And you get to looking at all that. And, and then it's page three, page four, page five. And you think, my goodness, how can one restaurant have so, many, so much food, so many things to offer? And so I'm trying to select something. And so when the, when the waiter or waitress comes by, they'll say, are you ready to order? And I said, well, yeah, I'm ready. My wife said, can I have a couple more, couple more minutes? She said, you go ahead. By the time you're done, I'll be ready to order. And sure enough, so I put my order in. And often when they'll come back, they'll say, uh, you got the uh, cheeseburger with fries or you got whatever I ordered. I don't know. And I said, no, I didn't order that. And I have to reject it because it's not what I ordered. Now look at this one scripture again. Because we read that the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. Did you know that God has placed an order 
for your life and for my life? Did you know that God has placed an order about what our days are going to contain and where we're going and what all we're going to accomplish? And let me tell you something. When it comes back before him and it's not what he ordered, it's like, wait a minute, I didn't order that. See, we have to make sure that we're in alignment with what was been ordered. So you and I, like the waiter, have to come up and make sure we have it accurate so that we can take it to the kitchen and say, look, I need a, I need an oriental salad with chicken, fried or no fried chicken, but grilled chicken or whatever you're going to order. And so that when that, that order is fulfilled and it's delivered, it's exactly what was requested, what was ordered. Again, the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord, and he delights in his way. The only way that I can stay in tune is that I get the counsel of God. I want to line myself up with what he has ordered for my life. I don't want to get out of order. To get out of order is to go my own way, and my own way can lead to destruction. The spirit of counsel, I believe, is a birthing place. It's like a womb of vision and destiny. It's where God can speak to you and direct your steps about what you have been born to accomplish. I love that Psalm 139 about the books of our purpose being written even before we were formed in our mother's womb. Hallelujah. When I think about that, man, I get excited. I said, God, you thought so much about me that you've already created my end from my beginning and you have ordered my steps. Jesus, let me get in touch with your counsel. So I can fulfill the order. I'm your short order cook, God. And whatever you put in there, I'm going to fulfill. And you see, we have to get in line with what God has ordered for our lives. So let's not ignore the counsel of the Lord. Isaiah 30 and verse 21. Isaiah 30 and verse 21. Your ears shall hear a word behind you saying, this is the way, walk in it. Whenever you turn to the right hand or whenever you turn to the left. You see, I believe that God wants to be that intimate with us that we can hear him right behind our life. No matter where we are. And he could say, yeah, this is it. Turn there. No, don't turn. Keep on going straight. We want to listen to the order. Because sometimes you can get frustrated, can't you? You've ordered something. And, and my, some one of my grandchildren, I can't remember which one, but they don't like pickles or they don't like tomatoes or whatever. And oftentimes we're at a hamburger place with them and they'll put their order in. And they'll say, can you hold the pickle? And can you hold this? And can you put that on there? You know, the waiter's trying to be accommodating. And they kind of roll their eyes a little bit. And they write it down. Okay, 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 okay. And they'll come back. And my grandson, will just get all upset and he'll say there's there's tomatoes on here or there's there's pickles on here i didn't order that and he's real adamant about it. it's like so just take them off he goes no i can still taste them i don't like onions i don't want them on my hamburger take them off you know we ought to be the same way we ought to be at the point where if something comes to our life that had not been ordered by god we got to send it back we got to stop being so nice you know, sometimes we are just too nice with this world. No, I'm not eating it. I'm not receiving that because it's not God's plan for my life. And you know what that waiter will do? Yes, sir, right away. Thank you very much. And they'll take it back and they'll fix it and they'll cook it right or they'll bring it out the second time. Sometimes a manager will even come out and apologize and sometimes they'll even write it off the check and you get a double blessing, right? A double blessing. God's guidance guarantees greatness. It's as simple as that. 
You know, I've made a decision that if I'm going to serve God, I'm going to serve God with greatness. I, I just don't want to be a good Christian. I want to be a great Christian. I don't want to be a good father. I want to be a great father. I want to be, I don't want to be a good pastor. I want to be a great pastor. Whether this world ever acknowledges that or not, that's not my concern. But I know that my Father in heaven is a great God. So that means if I listen to His counsel, it, His guidance, it guarantees greatness in your life. Glory to God. No matter what anybody else says, no matter what your family says, no matter what your record has said, no matter what other people and your peers may, may feel or think of you or how they evaluate you. Let me tell you something. When you're sensitive to the guidance of God, it guarantees your greatness. Watch Isaiah 42 and 16. I will bring the blind by a way they did not know. I will lead them in paths they've not known. I will make darkness light before them and crooked places straight. These things I'll do for them and not forsake them. See, God's guidance guarantees greatness. Now look what he said in this verse. This is pretty powerful. He said, I'm going to give you a method of operation that you've never thought about before, if you'll ask me. He's telling us, I'm going to give you methodology that you've not been taught or no one has ever shared with you or you've never observed or had modeled before. I'm going to give you something that no one else has ever done. I'm looking at Patrick and Jackie here tonight and they're uh, um, uh, songwriters and musicians. And some of the music that he has uh, composed never has existed on this planet until he tapped into it and brought it into existence. I remember one of them, uh, I was preaching on Joel. The end times, he grabbed some of my sermon. I felt like a celebrity, man. I'm on one of his albums. I'm on one of his songs. He's, he's preaching about the last days and he's rapping and I'm in there preaching about the Antichrist. And I said, wow, look at here. That's me. But he got a method of communication that he never knew before. And that's exactly what God said he's going to do. He said, secondly, I'm going to give you a way that you've never known before or you've never even tried before. You didn't even know existed. It's like you've been driving the same way to work every day, every day, every day. And suddenly someone asks you, do you ever take the 21st Street Bridge? You go, what? Yeah, you can take the 21st Street Bridge and probably cut off five minutes. You go that way. Why are you going that way? Did you know you could get there this way? No, I never tried it before. Well, you ought to try it. And as soon as you try it, you think, wow, man, I could have had a V8. You know, I mean, I, I can't believe this, man. I could have. I could, have been, I, could, I could have been cutting off all this time, you know, and I just never knew it before because I never tried it. And God says, I'm going to show you things that you have never tried before that's going to open up your life. And in third, he said, the path that you are on is about to change. He said, I'm going to make the crooked path straight. No matter how difficult your path has been, you and I have to begin to believe with the spirit of counsel, God can straighten that path out. God can say, I'm going to give you a path that you've not ridden on before. I'm going to give you an avenue that you've not known before. I'm going to give you a way that you've never tried before. I'm going to give you a method that you have never thought about before. My goodness, it's exciting serving the living God. You see what I mean? And so the spirit of counsel brings us in to this kind of revelation and this kind of understanding. Psalm 18, 32 to 33. It is God who arms me with strength and makes my way perfect. I like this part. He makes my feet like the feet of a deer and sets me on high places. The King James says hinds feet. 
Now, you all know what hinds feet are, right? There are certain deer that, that are, are, are in the mountainous regions. And the thing about their hinds feet, the hind leg, is that they have been so created that when they run, their front two legs pick a spot in the ground and they don't have to worry about their back legs because the back leg has been so designed that it will fall within I mean, centimeters of the front leg. It automatically happens. And God said, you know what? Don't worry about it. When I'm taking you up to a higher level, when I'm taking you into the mountain of my presence and my glory, and it gets a little slippery and there's a little bit of a rock formation, don't worry about it because I'm going to make your feet like hinds feet. In other words, you don't have to worry about slipping. You don't have to worry about falling. You're going up to the mountain of the Lord because I'm going to counsel you which way to go. You're going to lay your feet down in the pathway of my choosing and not your choosing. Church, we are blessed to have to be able to know that God is going to guide us right into his glory. You see, when God leads a person, when God leads a person, he makes a leader out of the lead. See, if I'm a follower, I'm only a follower to God, but I'm a leader to the rest of the world. He makes a leader out of those that are led. Are you led tonight by the Holy Spirit? Are you led? Are you counseled? Is he giving you direction? Are you stopping and asking and saying, Father, like Ezra, show us the way for us, our children and our possessions? That's all he's asking us to do. And he said in John 16, 33, he would guide us into all truth. He said, I'm not going to leave you alone. I'm going to send to you the comforter, the counselor, the, the Holy Spirit who's going to guide you all along the way. We are a blessed people tonight. We don't have to worry about where we're going to go, how we're going to get it done, and all of those kind of things where the world thinks about and they worry over. We're not fretting. We're not taking Valium. We're, we're, we're like, we're in, we're in control, right? We've got the peace of the Lord hallelujah because when God leads he makes a leader of the lead now go over to Proverbs chapter 4 and verse 18 you've read this scripture before but I just got to tell you there's greater gains for you greater gains. You got to wake up in the morning and say, you know what? I'm going to make greater gains today. I'm going to take territory that I've never taken before. I'm going to walk where I've never known before. My paths are about to change. I thank you, Lord, that you are leading me into my destiny and my purpose. Now my days are getting brighter. That's exactly what Proverbs chapter four and verse 18 says. It says, but the path of the just is like the shining sun and that shine ever, that shines ever brighter unto the perfect day meaning you are getting brighter and brighter. God's counsel, you might want to write this down. I like this one. God's counsel can never be canceled. If God said it, it's going to come to pass. If God's leading me, I'm going to be led. If God's taking me, I'm going to arrive. Do you understand what I'm saying? That's why if you and I have the spirit of counsel, we don't have to be nervous about the economy right now. We don't have to be nervous about President Obama and Saudi Arabia. And what, does all, what does that all mean? We don't have to worry about, you know, uh, uh, Kim Jong-un or whatever his name is up in North Korea. We don't have to worry about that. You see, because God's pathway is smooth for us, the righteous. And God is leading us into his purpose and into his destiny. Stop worrying. Stop watching too much news. Once you have his counsel, your end is guaranteed and secured. Once you have God's counsel, it's like, all right, it's finished, man. This is over. It's just a matter now of the process. 
That's what I keep telling my staff. I say, you know, it's just a matter of the process. We're already in our building. We already got a location that we're advertising. We're already seeing the church double in size. We're already seeing hundreds of more people getting saved. We're already seeing those powerful signs and wonders taking place. We're just in the process because it's already done. God's guaranteed my end is successful. And so right now I'm just listening to his counsel. Go this way, go that way. Say yes to this building, no to that building. All I've got to do is follow his pathway and he'll guarantee my success it takes the pressure off of you and me instead of trying to make it happen ourselves we just let God be God (laughs) how many know that he's still God and you're not I'll go ahead tell somebody say you're not God don't don't bust their bubble don't bust their bubble but just tell them they're not God okay Isaiah 46 verses 9 to 10 watch this now I love this scripture I love them all but anyway remember the former things of old For I am God, and there is no other. I like that. He didn't even include you and me. He said, I'm God, and there is no other. I'm God, and there's no one like me. Declaring the end from the beginning. Lord, Lord, I'm not just getting started. I'm already finished. And because I'm already finished, I have no anxiety or stress because I'm just walking it out. It's already done. That's why I can say if the doctor says you have, I said, well, it's already done. I'm healed because I'm just walking it out because I know my end is guaranteed. And if I got the spirit of counsel upon me, then why am I going to be anxious for anything? Because I'm believing that God has already worked it out. Hey, man, look at somebody. Say, he's worked it out for you, too. Come on. He's worked it out for you, too. It's a wonderful thing, declaring from the end, from the beginning. And watch this. And from the ancient times, things that are not yet done. <laughs> Woo! You mean you've already worked those things out too? From the ancient times, the things that haven't even come to pass yet, you've already got those finished? We're in the process. We're in the process. We're in the greatest times in human history. You and I have been afforded the opportunity to serve God in our generation and to tap into the counsels of the Lord and to fulfill his purpose on the earth. Man, we are blessed people. Yeah, but pastor, you don't know about the problems I have. You don't know about the challenges I'm facing. I'm not minimizing those. I know those are difficult, but I go back to the understanding of what Isaiah said. God's going to show you new methods to deal with stuff that you never thought about before. You see, you cannot, you cannot concede tonight, and this is what we have a tendency to do, and I know that because I do this. We have a tendency to believe that the problem that we're in is final. We have a tendency to interpret the situation and challenge that we're in will never end. We have a sense of finality as a human, but we need to recognize that with the counsel of the Lord, I'm just in the process, and God's going to show me a method to get out of this thing, and he's going to make a crooked path that I can hardly stand up on. He's going to make that smooth, and he's going to show me things that I've never done before. So don't limit yourself and stop limiting God. Let God be God. Amen. Just let him be God. So he goes on to say in the scripture from ancient times, things that are not yet done, saying my counsel shall stand and I will do all my pleasure. God's counseling me. You know, a lot of times people call up and say, we need some counseling. We need marital counseling, financial counseling, family counseling, children counseling, whatever kind of counseling. And I said, well, we can give you that. I pray that our counsel is God's counsel. But if you pray and fast together as a couple or pray and fast as Ezra did at Ahava and you get a hold of the Lord and say, Father, we need your counsel, then come see me. 
Because, you know, we've got to stop looking for the counsel of men and, and the counsel of women. We get together with coffee clutches and get around together with our Bible studies. And we all talk about, well, what do you think? And what's your opinion? And how do you feel? Well, I know that, that I know what the Bible says, but no, don't, don't give me that. I don't need that kind of counsel. And you've got to be careful that you don't allow that kind of input into your life. You've got to be pure in your counsel from God. And don't allow your tradition or your past or even your own pride to begin to intercept the counsel of God and put our way over his way. We want God's way, amen? How many want God's way in here? Just kind of wave at me. Okay, you want God's way. I'm glad I'm in the right church. He said, my counsel shall stand and I will do all my pleasure. I think God's counsel... Well, I don't think, I know. God's counsel settles regret. You know, there's been things that I've done in my life. Think, oh, God, oh, man, I wish I wouldn't have done that. And he says, you know what, I'll counsel you right out of that. You don't have to walk in regret. You don't have to walk in regret. What about frustration? You ever been frustrated? I mean, just frustrated over what's happening and people's choices in your life. It's like, man, come on, what are you trying? What are you doing? What are you thinking? I mean, what's the matter with you? You know, that frustration level. God says, I'm going to counsel you right out of that. Do you ever get some good words from somebody and it just makes you feel better? You know, gosh, you back, kind of slip back into it again. But for the moment, you just feel better. The counsel of God says, I'm going to regret, erase regret. I'm going to erase frustration. And not only that, he's going to erase weariness. I think today the, the tiredness, the, the stress level that people are under is because we're trying to do it our way. We're trying to figure it out our way. We're trying to find new methodology that we don't even have the capacity to, to create. We're trying to stand on rocky ground, and, and we've got to find the level path of God, and he's the only one that has it. And until we really depend on him and seek him and say, God, I need your counsel in this, and this is what I'm thinking, but what are you saying? Big difference. What am I thinking, and what are you saying? Because God always talks. He just doesn't think. We always think. I think this is the best way. Well, you know what? What is God saying to you about that? You may think your life is out of sync. Have you ever thought your life is out of sync? Okay, four of you admit it. It's all right. I admit it too. That's five. You may think your life is out of sync for a moment, but keep listening to his voice. John 5 and verse 30 says, I can of myself do nothing. But as I hear, I judge... My judgment is righteous because I do not seek my own will, but the will of the Father who sent me. Now, do you remember the story in John chapter 11 and verse 6 about Lazarus? They came to Jesus and said, Jesus, Lazarus, your friend, he's, he's, he's sick. You need to come see him. And he stayed there for, what, two more days or something? I can't remember exactly how long he stayed there, but he stayed there for a couple of days and he didn't move. Now, why didn't he move? Why didn't he go? I mean... I would think that if he's your friend, man, you would go see him. But he wasn't led by what he thought. He said, I only go by, based, on judge, based on what I hear. And so evidently the father said, no, you stay here. Because it's for the glory of God that Lazarus is going to die. But he's going to be raised again. Now that would be difficult because that's a pathway that runs the grain of the natural interpretation of life. He stayed there for a couple of more days and finally said, it's time for us to go. By the time he got there, there were mourners everywhere. Lazarus had already died. He began to talk to his sisters and he went through that whole thing. And he said, I'm the resurrection and the life. And he ends up at the tomb and he said, Lazarus, come forth. And Lazarus was raised from the dead. So you may think your life is out of sync for a moment, but as long as you're listening to God's voice, you have confidence that even if you're here and the problem's over there, God's working it out. 
Even though you don't think that it's going to turn out, it doesn't seem like in the natural it can, feel like you've got to be doing something else to help it out. Have you ever done that? You say, I got to do something to make this work. I, I got to come up with something. I got to do something. I just can't sit back here and do nothing. Man, that's me. I'm always like, I got to fix this. And God said, no, 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 just stay put. I'll fix it. You listen to my voice. I'll tell you what to do next. I said, God, I don't know if I can live like that, man. That's too hard. I've been living this other way too long. This is hard. But the spirit of counsel must come upon the church. When you are guided, you are always led in triumph. When you are guided, you will always be led in triumph, even if it looks momentarily like it's defeat. Loss, pain, frustration. You will be led into triumph. And I have to tell myself this a lot. And I'll share with you on Sunday morning about I'm not going to give up and I'm not going to quit. Because I want to preach a message Sunday about people who are on the verge of quitting or on the verge of giving up and walking away from faith. Saying, you know what? It doesn't work. I've tried it. Nothing's been happening. You're in that, you're in that place of life where you seem to be in a stalemate. And that's where the spirit of counsel comes in and our dependency upon what God is saying. I've talked to a lot of people over the years who just come to a point of quitting. They say, you know what? This isn't going to work. But when you're guided, you're always led in triumph. And guaranteed, church, if you'll stay with it through faith and patience, they'll inherit the promises of God. Amen? And so we'll look at that a little more in depth on Sunday. But that's part of the spirit of counsel. Now, let me share this verse with you. You know it so well, and I'm not going to keep you much longer. But the Lord is my shepherd. Psalm 23, verses 1 to 5. He said, I shall not want... He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. And yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you're with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup runs over. Let me tell you about the benefits of having a guide, a shepherd, a counselor. Let me just give you two of them because that's all the time we have for them. But number one, all of your enemies will be rendered helpless. The spirit of counsel turns your enemies into favor. I have no other way of explaining it. You say, well, it's just God. Well, it's more than God because it's a spirit of counsel. For us to approach individuals about these buildings, and I keep using that as an illustration, who said, we don't want any church in there and I would never rent to you. And the city says, we'll never let you in. And then now, some months later, they're wanting to rent to us. And the city's saying, yeah, but the parking deal. I mean, it's just a little thing, but it's no big deal. But you know what happens? God renders our enemies helpless. Situations that were closed to you in the past with the spirit of counsel are going to open up. Circumstances that were hard, that were, that were something that were kind of off limits to you. You say, well, you know, I just don't go there because I can't beat that. God said, you know what? You're going to be able to overcome that because all of your enemies will be rendered helpless. And number two, you will walk in great stamina. I believe we're in the days of great stamina or great recovery because the church has been worn out for so long. I mean, I've went through about a 10 or 15 year period where it seems like every Christian I talked to, they were like, 
I need to, I need to break, man. I need to, I'm worn out. We're just like ready to quit. We're, we're exhausted. We got to step back for a while. We got to recover. We got to get some, we got to get some energy back. I mean, it seemed like everybody was losing strength. I keep thinking, well, doesn't Isaiah say something about rising up on eagle wings and running and not being weary and all that? I said, God, where's that scripture? But I believe under the spirit of counsel that God's people are going to get their stamina back and you'll be able to stand against the pressures of this day. And that it won't wear you out. We won't be Christians who are worn out, living frayed lives and and on the edge and needing a vacation. You know, when you think about it, man, I mean, if you had to walk to get water seven miles one way and do that twice a day and put the water on top of your head and carry that back to the village. I mean, that's what it's like at our orphanage in Haiti. They don't even have a name for this place because it's so remote and it's so impoverished. They call it village number 82. It's 82 kilometers east of Port-au-Prince. There's not even a name for it. Villages number 81 and villages number 82 and and they live seven miles from the water that they receive from. And I, I can understand if they get weary and they live in an old train depot that's about 25 people in a room that's probably the size of four rows of chairs you know, I can understand that. Last night we were watching a special on Rwanda. It was on the PBS channel. It was really cool. And we're going to see some of the recovery of the, of the genocide that took place. There were millions of people were slaughtered over ethnicity issues. And just prior to that, we were watching HTTV. And it was really interesting on how there was these remodels of basements that were on. People were spending $100,000 to remodel their basement. I mean, they were just opulent. They were beautiful. And they were trying to compare which one was the best of the three makeovers of the $100,000 makeover for the basements. I switched that and went to the Rwanda special. And suddenly I was watching people living in mud huts, people that were recovering over extreme grief, people that were having to go out and get water and carry it in and and living. uh, uh, This one lady moved from one house to another and she carried what a table and one wooden bench. That was her furniture for her entire house. And I'm not trying to put guilt on anybody, but I'm just trying to say this. Let's put it in perspective. We're worn out trying to keep all of our stuff from rusting and and repairing it and breaking down and trying to get new stuff. And we're worn out on the wrong things. I think that the spirit of stamina needs to come back to the church to say, you know what? I lived that kind of life and I didn't like it. Although I'm in the world and God wants to bless me, I'm not going to live for those things. I'm going to live for the purpose and destiny of God and the counsel of God. And I believe when we get to that level, we're going to have stamina that we've never known before. I want to conclude tonight by just saying, how do we walk in the spirit of counsel? I believe that the way we walk in the spirit of counsel is just basically saying, God, this is what I'm thinking, but what are you saying? I mean, if you can just write that down in your Bible or a little prayer card or something saying, God, this is what I'm thinking, but I want to know what you're saying. I don't want to move on anything that I believe is a good idea unless it becomes a God idea. Unless you give me affirmation, God. And if you don't give me affirmation, you know what? I'm not going to move on it. I've done that for too many years and I'm not interested in making wrong turns or just gaining ground that I wasn't supposed to have. You know, sometimes when you conquer something and you do it too quickly and you try to overtake it, the beast of the field will come and it will overtake you. And so we want to make sure that the ground that we're conquering and that we're ruling in is the ground that God gave us and not that we gave ourselves. So you ask the Lord. And then I believe also in Proverbs 16, 9, a man's heart plans his way, but the Lord directs his steps. 
You'll read in the Old Testament in Ezra and in Nehemiah that, that the people of God were so pure that they wouldn't carry anything else with them. They left all their gods behind them. You know, sometimes we got to come to a place where we leave everything behind us and we just walk alone. God, I'm walking alone tonight. I, I know I have family. I have a wife. I have children. I have a wonderful church. I have great, you know, uh, pastor friends. I have a lot of things in this world, but God, I want to walk alone. I want to wa- walk alone that the only voice I hear is yours. And it doesn't really matter if I have a bunch of people around me. Sometimes we have so many people around us and so many things going on. We can't hear from the noise. And I think it's time to kind of walk a little leaner, doesn't it? To, to walk to a place where we're saying, you know what, God, I just want to walk alone with you. I have a responsibility as a husband and as a father and a grandfather. I have a responsibility as a pastor and all of these things, a community citizen, all of those things. But God, don't let those responsibilities overshadow the fact that I have a responsibility to walk with you. Have you walked with him today? Have you walked alone just with God? Have you put everything else down? And have you spoken to him and said, God, I want to know what you're saying. This is what I'm thinking about my marriage. This is what I'm thinking about my business. This is what I'm thinking, God, but I want to know what you're saying. And I believe when we do that, the spirit of counsel will come upon us. I believe this, finally, don't abandon or settle for partial past breakthroughs. The Lord really put this in my heart. He said, tell the people at the end of your message that some of the breakthroughs that you have received in the past that were like partial breakthroughs, but they've been good enough. You know, the kind of thing that you got a little breakthrough is like, wow, that's really good, but it's not all the way. He said, tell them not to settle for that because I, in this season, can improve on existing results. On existing results, I can improve on that. So while I believe that it's a good thing that the city now wants to have us in there, They've opened up an invitation. They said, yeah, we'd love to have you come. We'd love to have your church in our city. That's what they said. Do you believe that? Isn't that wonderful? That's a good thing. But the parking issue is a problem. So God needs to improve on that breakthrough. And I'm not going to just settle for that. I'm not going to go forward and sign an occupancy permit for only 250 people because I believe that God wants many more to come. And I'm going to have to come up on Sunday and count and say, okay, 251, I'm sorry, you can't come today. You'll, have, you'll, be the, you'll be the B group, and the A group can have church today, and next week you can have church, and you can't come until the following Sunday. I mean, that would be ridiculous. So many of you have settled for partial breakthroughs. You have some peace in your home. You've compromised to a degree where now you have peace in your home. But God says, look, don't settle for partial peace. I can, I can improve on existing conditions in your life if you'll just let me counsel you through it. How many believe that God can do that? Amen. Father, right now, I'm, pray, I'm praying for that. I'm believing for that. I know, God, that you're wanting to improve on some situations. You spoke to me about this in prayer. You spoke this, to this, uh, about this to me when I was ministering here and putting this word together, God. And I know that tonight it's not a mistake that there are certain people in this room who have gotten certain advances, but it's, they've, they've kind of settled for it. But it's not really what you wanted for them, and it's not really what they wanted or even what they knew you wanted. So, God, I'm praying today that you would bless and move into their lives and give them a spirit of counsel upon them that they would know new methods that they've never known before. God, that they would try areas in their life that that they have never tried before. I believe, God, that you are going to give them paths that they've never uh, known before that are about to change in their life, and they're going to see total and complete breakthrough, Lord. Father, I also want to pray tonight for every person in this room whose enemies have not yet been rendered helpless. 
whose enemies are still nipping at their heels in the name of Jesus. We come against those enemies that are gnawing, that are nipping, kind of like a, just a deterrent, just a kind of a, an annoyance, an annoyance enemy that just seems to be rearing its head. You think it's over and then bam, it comes back again. The Holy Spirit said, I'm going to deal with that as well. I'm going to bring that enemy and I'm going to render him totally, completely helpless. And those that have been weary, those that have been worn out, those that can't seem like they can go on another day. The problems are so heavy. You feel like you're carrying the weights of the world. The Holy Ghost is speaking and said, he's going to cause you to have great stamina to stand upright. It's like we were talking about Sunday. Some of us crawl in, but God said, I'm going to raise you up on your feet and you're going to walk out. Hallelujah. For God, you are entering us into a new time and a new season in the kingdom of God. Thank you, Lord. Let's put our Bibles aside. Let's stand up, please, for a minute. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. We just want to pray for those that maybe are feeling like they need to get the completed breakthrough. Or maybe, maybe the stamina issue that you just, you just have to get some strength back. Or maybe you've settled for an existing breakthrough. And God said, no, you know what? That's not enough. I want to take you further. I'm going to finish this thing. I believe one of the most powerful words that Jesus ever spoke was, it is finished. And church, I don't want to stop until it's finished in my life. I don't want to settle for just, you know, it's good enough. And my wife and I are getting along now or... Yeah, you know, the kids are getting along okay now. I mean, we're back on track. But, it's, but you know it's not what God wants. Don't settle for just the partial breakthrough. So I'm going to ask the altar ministers, the elders to come. and Just stand across the front of the congregation, please. And let's just close our eyes right now and ask the Holy Spirit, Father, you speak to us. God, we want to receive prayer because you said there's power in agreement prayer. Where two or three agree touching anything, it's going to be done. It's going to be done. So God, by faith tonight, this is what I'm thinking. But what are you saying? So tonight, if you need prayer, you say, I want to come in agreement with somebody about this area in my life. Don't let this moment pass you by. Why don't you right now, in this season, in this atmosphere, step out from where you're standing and come for prayer.
thankful for this new season of counsel that we're under. And God, you are working things for us where you are rendering our enemies helpless, giving us strength that comes from the supernatural presence of God. Thank you, Father, today that we can have the assurance that we can be led and that we can lead. And we know, God, that your counsel always ends in greatness. Thank you, Father. You know the end from the beginning. So we're confident tonight that we're just in the process and we're happy all the day long. We give you glory and honor, Father. Thank you for the precious people of God coming from cities and communities and streets and homes, traveling in their cars, rushing after work, gathering children, meeting friends, establishing the community of faith. And as we leave this place, Lord God, I pray blessing. Blessing upon them in their bodies. And blessing in their soul. Blessing in their spirit. Thank you, Father, for your love. It's in Jesus' name we ask. Amen. I live where I love everybody. Pray hard. See you on Sunday.